0: I feel like there are so many good things that are happening. Do you guys feel that way? Do you feel optimistic about your life? I hope you do because studies have correlated the feeling of optimism and longevity. The more optimistic you are, the longer you live, which I guess if you're pessimistic, living longer may not be that appealing. (laughs) but we won't go into that. I really do hope, though, that you balance out what you listen to and what you watch, because if it's all negative, your outlook on life is probably going to be negative, which isn't helping us live our best, most wildly successful life. Just consider branching out what you're interested in. You never know what doors it might open. Okay, so I'm not sure how many of you are like me in that if something goes wrong or someone has a problem with you or something you've done, you want to fix it immediately. Like if you're in an argument or there's a problem, you want to just stay in it until there's a resolution. How many of you guys are like that? Now, how many on the flip side are like my husband, Eric, who when something goes wrong or there's something somebody does that he doesn't like or they don't like, he likes to step back and think on it. Like he likes to evaluate the situation. So he'll sit on it before making a decision or before speaking or emailing or texting or whatever. He gives it thought. And then after all of that, he will calmly have a well-thought-out solution. Now, he's not always perfect at that, but that's his normal way of handling things for me sometimes that's maddening because I want a resolution immediately but Now, I have learned over 15 years of marriage to Eric that he has saved me from lots of heartache and problems because he takes so much time to think things through and he has many times encouraged me to do the very same thing. Happened just this last week. I have a client that I've been working with for a long time, she's great. Her home is so beautiful and we've just been going room to room, which I love. So our latest project was her guest bathroom and it's almost finished, it's a showstopper for real. So we're almost done, and there have been a few little hiccups here and there, but the project overall has gone well. And the end product is one for the books. I'm pretty excited about it. So my client is walking her neighbor. She told me this through the bathroom the other day, and her neighbor casually mentions that she... Feels like the sinks a little higher than hers which my client hadn't even noticed nor had we because the ceilings are pretty tall in there and the scale feels right so when I show up to finish a few things I can tell my clients having a bad day right out of the gate she's mad about something that has nothing to do with the project which so I should have just moved the meeting anyway but I didn't so while we're talking about things she says oh my neighbor says the sink feels high to her and so in my head when I'm, I'm thinking hmm okay, well, it feels good to me. So I said, well, standard is 36, which is my first mistake, 36 inches high. So she says, well, let's measure it because I think it's about 39. And I said, no way. If anything, it may be 37 inches, which is fine. So we get her measuring tape out and it is, it's 37 inches. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, in her mind right then, We have really messed up, and she wants an answer as to why and how and what we can do about it. This client, by the way, is usually pretty reasonable, but most people become a little unreasonable when their emotions are high. So the cabinet was designed to be 36 inches, but for whatever reason, it ended up one inch higher. But it looks and feels really right to even her. She didn't even notice anything about it until someone else mentioned it and I did a little bit more research after we were talking about it and standard is really 32 inches to 42 inches for custom cabinets depending on the height of the people using it which is what I should have said from the start Because sometimes taller people want higher vanities and shorter people want shorter vanities. There's no regulation on it. But now she has it in her mind that it was supposed to be 36 inches because I said that was standard. And now she wants to know how we're going to fix it. So I tell her, okay, well, we may be able to lower it. Just let me check with our contractor because I can tell she's getting worked up. But um, it might involve moving some plumbing and things like that, which would be basically starting over. And she was like, well, I don't want to do that. By now, though, she's upset, and I'm starting to worry that we're going to have to tear this out. And I'm really being honest when I say it looks good, and if we lower it now, she's going to feel like it's too low, because that's how things work. But she is wanting to take it further. So, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in I'm going to get in touch with our contractor and I'll tell him what's going on and how, you know, what we need to do. And so, now we have everyone involved. And everyone is emotional because it feels like we're making something a problem that really isn't. So, I I mean, it's starting to get a little bit emotional between all of us. So, I tell her, "Okay, look, let me work on it and I will call you back once I know something for sure." So, I head home and I'm telling Eric about it and and he hears me on the phone a little bit later with my contractor. And the contractor is like, it is not an easy fix. We have to move all the plumbing. We have to move everything. We'll have to re-sheetrock. It's, it's a mess for one inch. It's, it prom-, he said, I promise you it's not worth it. So I'm about to make the call to my client. I'm very frustrated. And I know she's still frustrated because when I left her, she was a little bit frustrated. So Eric hears me and he goes, just stop. You need to just stop. Do not make that call right now. This is something where you need to sit on it. No one in this situation is in the right frame of mind to be making decisions. You told her you were checking on it and you'll get back with her when you know something. Give everyone a chance to calm down and just sleep on it. You've got a meeting with her tomorrow. Talk to her then when it's face to face. You've got to let, you've got to just sit on this. Now, I know he's right. And so I begrudgingly, that's what I do because I want an answer now. I want to just take care of it right now. And that way I don't have to worry about it. and nobody, Everybody's happy. But had I pushed while she was upset, more than likely it wasn't going to go well. Things like that never do. So we did sleep on it. And the next morning when the contractor and I get to her house, she's happy as can be. Doesn't even mention the height of the cabinet at all. It's not a problem to her today. Now, she did mention it a little later to the contractor, at which point he kind of went through it with her and said it would be like starting over. And she said, well, you didn't tell me that. And she's like, you never said that. So that was the end of it. Like she was like, well, I don't want to do that. But most people, including my client, are very reasonable when emotions are not high. So stepping back and sleeping on it gives everyone the chance to just recalibrate so we can talk about it in a reasonable way. Talking about it right in the middle of the frustration is never a good idea. I was listening to Huberman Lab podcast and Dr. Andrew Huberman was talking to Jocko Willink. And Jocko was talking about how when you're emotional, your worldview is very small. But when you take a step back, your viewpoint is expanded. I mean, the solution to your problem is not going to be found inside the problem. And he gave several real life experiences where when you detach and you sit on something, sometimes the problem even fixes itself. In fact, a lot of times it fixes itself. At the very least, it allows emotions to be lowered so that better decisions can be made. And in the age of the Apple watches and smartphones being attached to our bodies at all times, we're bombarded with email problems, texts, phone calls, I mean, 24-7. It's like we don't have a separation from it, when a separation is sometimes exactly what we need. It's almost teaching us that we should be available 24-7. We feel like we have to respond immediately. But is that the best thing to do? And sometimes do we even need to respond at all? Jocko gave an example of someone reaching out to him saying, Hey, Jocko, this person just said this about you. And so Jocko was like, "Uh, Okay, all right. And after giving it some thought, he went, there's absolutely zero need for me to even respond to that. I mean, responding to it would put fuel on the fire. Not responding at all just gives it the potential to fizzle out, as it should. There will be some things you have to address, but the key is to step back and give it some thought. Let emotions calm down, and then you can come up with a solution that isn't made in the heat of the moment. My challenge to you this week is to keep that phrase in your back pocket at all times. Let's just sit on it. That's such a good phrase. I mean, just sit on it. Someone says something about you, don't respond immediately. Just sit on it. After a couple hours, you may find the initial emotion is gone, and it feels kind of silly to have gotten so worked up about someone else's opinion. Maybe a problem comes up and everyone is emotional like what I experience. Let's just sit on it. Better decisions will be made across the board when emotions are calm. If emotions are high, always sit on it. Maybe even sleep on it. The sun will come up tomorrow and with it brings a fresh take on whatever it is that's challenging you. Share this with three people who benefit this week. I love you guys. I will talk to you in a few days.